headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It is the Ramsey Show, uh, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I am your host, Jade Warshaw, joined by George Camel. And today we are taking calls about your life, your money. So give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. George, let's go directly to these phone lines. Let's do it. We got Austin in Omaha, Nebraska. What's going on, Austin? Oh, not a lot. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. You bet. Uh, I just feel blessed to be to, to have the opportunity to speak with you about our financial situation right now. It's my honor. So we've been watching uh, a lot of the show recently, and um, we're actually 100% out of debt right now. And we're feeling really fantastic about it. And we're also having some some anxiety about what do we do next? Because we have our emergency fund saved up. We allotted 2000 per person. We've got six months worth of living expense saved up for our current situation, which we're renting. Okay. But we want to get into a house and we don't know at this point in the game, do we just sit and stack cash and then wait until we can just go buy a house outright? Or do we stack enough cash for a down payment and then get into a house as quick as possible? Yeah, that's a really good question. I I have a question for you before I give you my answer to your question. When you said that you had okay. an emergency fund, you said $2,000 per person. Can you elaborate on what that meant? Oh, sure. Um, our understanding was that we needed to have for like um, small medical emergencies about $1,000 per person. And then on top of that, we needed six months worth of household bills and expenses. So we saved 2000 per person, and then on top of that, six months worth of household bills. Okay. Well, that's an interesting thought. The way we teach it here at Ramsey is just to save three to six months of your basic household expenses. So that if you were to come on hard times, maybe you lose a job, you have a medical emergency, that would be enough to, you know, get you through until you're back on the other side of things. So... You know, the 4000 extra you have saved, as far as I'm concerned, you can throw that over to the down payment and start, you know, you've got $4,000 saved already to go towards that. And as far as whether or not you want to buy a home outright or if you want to save, you know, 20000 or as much as you can save to put down, that's really up to you and your wife. What are, you know, what's the going rate for a home that you think will be right for your family? Well, wow, that's really, that's a, that's a tough question. We've been We've been looking at um, the different values of houses and then plugging in the numbers. And, you know, if we were going to go on the 15 year fixed, like, um, like we're seeing that you're teaching, then our, our approximate price range is going to be right around 175 K. Are there homes for 175 K? 25%. Pardon me, sir. Are there homes for 175 K in your area? Uh, There are, it's, I mean, it's our first house. We're for, we'll be first-time home buyers, so cool. Mm-hmm. It's nothing that we're really going to want, but we know that we're going to have to have. Well, here's the deal: if you're like, house. "Hey, I, the two fifty home is the goal," well, all that means is patience. We're going to save up more down payment so that we can afford this and stay within those parameters. Yeah. What's your income? Um, combined, we are slightly over a hundred k a year. Okay. And how much can you throw every month toward down payment savings currently? Well, we haven't discussed exactly what we could throw at specifically that savings, but our margin after our budget is $1,746.99 a month. Right. Are you guys investing at all right now? 
No, we withdrew completely out of our 401ks, actually just as of yesterday, so we could start channeling all of our money straight into a high-yield savings account. So you're wanting to do baby step 3B full on. Hey, we're not going to invest at all, but for the next year or two, we're just going to pile up cash to get into that home. Yeah, that was the idea. We just weren't sure if we should pile up just enough to get in or what the... Well, at this rate, I wouldn't aim to try to pay for a house in cash because it's Mm going to be a moving target and it could take you 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather you get to the point where you can do that 15-year fixed rate, 25% of take-home pay going towards the mortgage. Mm -hmm. That's when you know it's the right time to buy. Okay. That's actually the the exact discussion we had last night. I said, I I think what we need to find out tomorrow is whether or not we're going to be here in the apartment for two years or 10. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's going to be more than two, I would start investing. I would too. You could do both simultaneously. Maybe start out by saying, okay, for the, like George said, for the next year, year and a half, up to two years, we're just going crazy, putting all of our money to this down payment. But maybe once you hit that two-year mark, if you're not ready to pull the trigger and you're like, you know what, we've got this much saved, it'd be great if we saved, you know, X amount of dollars more, I'd go ahead and start investing and then try to reach that savings goal at the same time. That way you're not missing out on valuable time um, and compound interest. What do you think about that? Pretty powerful force, right? Absolutely. So when it's it's going in the right direction. (laughs) So just doing some math for you. Going the right direction, yes. Seventeen hundred bucks a month is twenty grand a year. So in two years, you'd have forty grand. And let's say it's a two hundred thousand dollar home. That's twenty percent down. That would give you a hundred sixty thousand dollar mortgage. And you can use our mortgage calculator on our website to start figuring out. All right, are we going to be within this range? And if it's twenty six percent, we're not going to yell at you. The whole point of that is not to be legalistic. Sure, it's to make sure that you're not house poor and you have fifty percent of your take home pay going towards a mortgage. Amen. How's that hit you? That hits me like a like a pretty solid plan. Excellent. Awesome. Woo! I we love it. it. We got him out of analysis paralysis mode. That's right. That was a great call. I think, uh, George, a lot of people are in that situation uh, with the market the way it is. It's almost like even when people have done the math, it's like we can save for this. Or a lot of people I've talked to have already saved the money and they're just sitting on it because they're afraid to get into the market because interest rates are high, uh, inflation is high, student loans are coming back. And it's like, do I pull the trigger? Is it smart to buy a home? It's like there's all this uneasiness around a subject. And So true. Well, it's interest rates and the housing market's insane. The best time to buy a house is when you're ready financially to buy a house. And so that's why we have those parameters. You don't have to wait on the sidelines and wait for some magical, perfect interest rate or wait for the housing market to crash. You might be waiting a long time. A long time. And by then you're mad at us because you're like, the house prices are triple now. I'm like, right. Sorry. And I know a lot of people are worried, you know, obviously interest rates on average have hit over 8%. And it's like, no, you know, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. And I'm like, no, if you have the money, go buy, like get into the market. If interest rates go down enough that it makes sense for you to refinance, you'll always have the opportunity to do that. But you don't, like you said, you don't want to sit on the sidelines, get in the game because whatever property you have, if you buy smart, it is still going to go up in value over time. And you've got to get into the market so that you can start being a part of the game and adjusting how everybody else is, right? If you just sit out there and you're renting forever, not to mention rent goes up too, you know? That's true. And a lot of people were freaking out. Remember, it wasn't long ago we had bidding wars and before it even hit the market, it was gone. Well, the market's cooled down a little bit. Now you can actually take your time 
you might be able to even have a really great offer below asking price. That's right. And get it. And so if you're on the sidelines, it's time, you know, hit up our friends at Churchill Mortgage, get pre-approved, start the process, start house hunting with a Ramsey trusted real estate agent. All of these things are going to help you get out of that analysis paralysis. That's right. Your rent, your mortgage, that payment is usually people's highest payment, right? And you don't want that fluctuating your whole life with rent. We know that home buying is the key to building wealth. This is The Ramsey Show. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm your host, Jade Warshaw. To my right is George Camel. Give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. And we will discuss the things that are on your mind as it relates to your life, your money, your career, what's going on in your world. But before we get to that, we've got our neighborly question of the day. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. When emergency repair needs pop up at home, the last thing you want to do is spend time searching for the right providers. I know that's right. The Neighborly app helps you find the top local home service providers like AirServe, Mr. Rooter Plumbing, and more. Don't wait until something goes wrong. Be ready now. Download the Neighborly app today. Today's question comes from Mark in New York. He asks, I'm currently around $360,000 in debt, two sixty dollars on the house, and $100,000 in credit cards. I feel beyond help with my debt. I'm struggling with what to do. The minimum payment on all the credit cards equates to more than I make on a monthly basis. It feels hopeless. I don't know how to get out of the situation I've put my family in. Please help, all caps. Whew. Oh, Mark, I can't breathe just reading that question, man. I'm so sorry to hear that. I mean, $100,000 in credit card debt. That's a very special type of debt. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, very high interest. And uh, it's going to take a while to climb out. And Jade, you had six figures in debt, so you can speak directly to this. But it's different when he's going, I make. it's more than I make on a monthly basis. Yeah. Which I, means we got to make more. He's got to make more. And, you know, I think mentally, if he can just for just for a moment separate his home mortgage from the, yes. the, the whole total. It's less overwhelming. It's less overwhelming. And the good thing is your your home is making money for you. Hope, you know, the market will accumulate more equity for you. So let's put the home of 260 on the back burner for now. You'll get to that much longer down the lane. And let's look at this 100,000. Now, here's what I would do, because George was right. Uh, Sam and I were in a position where our bills were far more than what we had to pay. And so you you have to get on the phone. You have to get on the phone with these folks and say, look, here's what's going on. Unless you make this payment X, Y, Z, you're not going to get any money. And so you've got to call these people up and let's for now negotiate very small payments because we're going to make minimum payments on everything in our debt snowball, right? And we're going to put any and all extra money to the smallest debt. So not only do we need to find extra income, we've got to find margin, actually put more on a smallest debt. So- First things first, you're getting on the phone, making those calls. And here's the thing. I hate credit card companies. They're going to tell you, no, that's not possible. And the only way is you've got to, you know, make one payment today and just give us your credit, you know, give us your bank account information and we'll do it. Don't do any of that. Do not give them your account information. Do not set up a plan. Just say, hey, it's either this or you're not getting it at all. And you want to know what? They might not get it for a while, but you're going to get through this. And what you also need to do on the other side of that is you've got to find more income. George, it doesn't say what his income is. We got no clue. We don't know what his minimums are, 
But the other thing you can do is call and ask them to lower the interest rate. Say, hey, listen, I'm trying to pay this off. I really am. Mm -hmm. What would be a huge help is if you could lower this interest rate so that I can give you the money that I owe. I love that. And thank you because you just jogged my memory, George. I remember getting on the phone with Capital One and saying, look, if you look back through all of my payment history, I probably have X amount of dollars in late fees and over, you know, over usage fees. Can you just refund some of those? Can you just do me a solid? And they did. And a lot of times they did. A lot of times they didn't. But here's the thing. It doesn't hurt to ask. All you can do is ask, ask for a lower interest rate, ask if they'll forgive some of the fees and and finally ask if you can have a lower payment temporarily because you're on a plan, you're paying off the debt. And after that, you just got to get your income up. Yeah. And I don't know what kind of debt, I mean, a hundred grand in credit cards is a insane amount. So I don't know what you purchased on that. If it was, we're trying to get by before it was couches and cars and who knows what, but I'm going to go, what out of that money can I return? Can I sell to try to undo some of this stupid tax that I've created here? Yeah, That could help as well. Last ditch effort. He could look at selling the house. I don't like that. It feels like a, it's almost the scapegoat option of like, I didn't really have to change my behavior. I could sell the house, use equity and pay off the debt. I would rather see him increase his income and climb out of this thing versus get rid of his house. I agree because, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but when I see $100,000 of credit card debt, it makes me ask serious questions about your behavior and what's been going on in life. Like, I've got a lot of questions. And so mm. I would love to see him walk through that. Um, I wish we knew what his income was, but whatever so it questions. is, it got to go up, right? Call it's us up, get Mark. Call us up. We'll talk more. All right, let's go to Monica. She's in... Hanford, Stockton, California. What's going on, Monica? Hi, how are you guys doing today? Doing fine. How are you? Good. Um, So my question is kind of like a career question. Uh, I'm a dental hygienist of eight years. And as much as I love what I do, I love educating uh, patients and bonding with patients, especially when they have fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's turning towards more of becoming a salesperson and kind of pushing things on patients when I don't necessarily feel I need it. Ooh. And I took um, Ken Coleman's career assessment because I am on maternity leave, but I'll be going back in November. And I've been having some doubts going back. Um, with his career assessment, it highlighted that I am good at being an educator and coaching. And since I started your guys' plan, I've actually gotten really into it. And uh, becoming a financial coach seems to be like a good idea to me. So I want to know how do I transition, even though I love what I do, Mm -hmm. how do I transition from that and then possibly balancing out and becoming uh, a financial coach? Yeah. You know, I'm having two thoughts. Um, Number one is I'm just wondering about the actual office that you're working in as a dental hygienist. Um, I I had a buddy who loved dental hygiene and the way her office was training all of the hygienists, it, it did turn more into a sales role. It was like they were all like continually pushing things and products on the customer. And she was like, I don't like this. And she found another office that didn't do that. And so she was able to focus on the attributes of her job that she did love. And for her, it was just as simple as switching offices. So that's my first question. And I even wonder if that's step one. And then as you do that, you can start to build the financial coaching thing on the side and get that to a place and start, you know, building into that and putting time into that. And then if you're like, Hey, I really love this. It starts making money for you. You'll have that moment where you can kind of 
switch over because there's a bridge there. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good advice. Um, I've tried different offices, and it seems to keep gearing in the same after a couple months, gearing in that in that way of we need more production, we need more production. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I could keep looking and and keep trying different offices. This is probably out of the eight years my sixth office. Wow. Have you let your your leader, your dentist know, say, hey, listen, I'm not comfortable pushing this stuff. I'm happy to do dental hygiene. That's what I signed up for. But I don't I can't in good faith push these credit cards and payment plans onto people. And have you brought that up to them? Um, I have mentioned it. Uh, Anything that I kind of mentioned to them. It seems to just okay. We'll address it later, and it goes underneath the underneath. Well, the what happens if you just don't push the credit cards? What would happen if I didn't? Um, they'd probably recognize that I'm the one person not doing it, mm. and probably talk to me from time to time. But having that outside pressure of filling it just seems—I don't know—unethical. I don't know. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think if it's not needed, there's a there's a difference between knowing what the patient needs and me feeling strongly about that and educating them yeah. and having and doing it what's best for them. Absolutely. Because no one's the same. You gotta treat them based on their needs, not what a general here's the package deal, get yeah. all of it. Well, you work with integrity and that's great. I mean, that's the type of person I'm looking for in a dental hygienist right there. So I think that that's incredible. Uh, the thing I'm worried about is I don't want you leaving this job without something prepared for you so whenever we talk about going from a situation where you've got like the steady income george and it's like hey i want to build this business over here you've got to play those cards correctly because you don't want to just quit and then you're like that is not the position that you want to build a business we don't want this to be a giant leap of faith we want it to be just a step off the dock right into the boat yeah right there so So build that business i'd start pouring into that now start getting your feet wet start getting the training you need and start building that up so that it's there when you're ready to make the leap this is the ramsey show guys it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now so go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back churchill mortgage churchill is ramsey trusted because they're stable reliable and focused on you at a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business count on churchill mortgage to stick around They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. All right, this is The Ramsey Show. I am Jake Warshaw. This is George Camel, and we, every month, do a series of budgeting webinars because George, some of the biggest questions we get is, how am I supposed to budget? My income is irregular. Or how am I supposed to stick to my budget? Or my spouse sticks to my budget, I don't stick to the budget or vice versa. And people need help with this. Oh, 100%. And we can't go through this on radio. And so to have an hour where you can visually see us going through every dollar, showing you how it works, showing you how to create that margin, the response has been amazing. Incredible. Like, it's amazing how many people sign up for these webinars month in, month out. We usually do about two a month. George, you host some. I host some. Uh, Rachel Cruz hosts, um, hosts them. And we have one coming up October 24th. It's a Rachel Cruz Every Dollar webinar. Ooh, 
I might sign up for that just to get some tips. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking you need to sign up for it too. If you've had any questions about budgeting, and I'm telling you, they're great. They're completely informal. They're over your lunch break. You can do it while you eat your Jimmy John's, while you eat your firehouse subs. No one is going to judge you if you have lettuce in your teeth. Rachel's favorite. I found this out. Schlotzky's. I don't know anyone who's ever said that word, who's ever been there, but she's a big fan. So Look, every dollar fun. budgeting, all you have to do to sign up is go to everydollar.com slash budgeting to save your spot. I love it. Let's go to the phone lines. We got Kim in Baltimore, Maryland. What's going on, Kim? Hi. Um, so we have been about two months into our debt snowball. We're making really good progress. But the thing my husband and I are butting heads about is whether or not we should stop contributing to his 401k because his employer matches his contributions. Yeah, that's a toughie. So he feels like we're losing out on free money. Um, but I also feel like, hey, this is, you know, really going to impact our snowball here. At 100%. Hold on. He's giving away money to lenders every month. He's clearly not that concerned. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so let's just make it clear. If we're going to start doing math, about we're, we're losing out on this money. Yeah, to the debt. And I so know, this true. is a yeah. tough one. I, I totally understand. I empathize with those who are nerds like me who are like, why wouldn't you take the match? It's 100% return. You guys are always telling people to start with the match and how great that is. But we also know that getting out of debt is hard mm-hmm. and it takes some behavior right. change and you need momentum and you need progress. And when you draw that line in the sand, you go, you know what? That extra $400 we were investing, that th- what is the match? Can you tell me the number? So right now, he it, we've already he's already agreed to drop it down to their, the maximum that they will match. So it's at 400 So we put in 400 They put in 400 Okay. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you that if you just invest 400 bucks a month, you may have a great retirement, but what if you could invest $1,000 a month, $1,500 right. a month? That's what happens when you free up those debt payments and pausing your match, going down to zero, lights a fire under you to then get out of the debt so you can get back to investing to then invest way more than the measly match. Yeah. So that's hard. If I just told him that to his face, he'd still go, yeah, but uh, it's free money, right? Yeah, no, I completely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I agree with George wholeheartedly. Some, You know, when we find ourselves in debt, we look up and it's like, oh man, I made a mess. I've got to get myself out. Sometimes we have to pay the consequence of that. And in this case, it's you don't get to invest yet. You know, you get to clean up your mess. Then when the time comes, you get to put more in, like George said, than you ever dreamed of. And the the time, here's the, here's the key. And I want everybody listening to get this. And Kim, this is not you, but if you're going to dilly dally mm-hmm. with these baby steps, if you're going to, you know, oh, I'll put a little here and a little there and you've paused your retirement, you are jacking yourself because you're not going quickly. The point is, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it with intensity. I'm going to do it quickly. Most people are done mm-hmm. in under two years, right? And so in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things, when you're finally able to invest 15% and more, you know, in baby step seven, you are going to more than make up for whatever you lost in your match over those two years. But if you're the person who's, you know, kicking that can, you got your hands in your pockets and it's like, well, today I'll do it and then tomorrow I won't. It depends on, you know, what's on sale. Then, yeah, you're going to jack yourself. But the key here is intensity. I think, Kim, that's what you've got to go home and explain to your husband is like, look, I get it. It's a match. It's free money. But we've got to clean up our mess first. And the quicker we clean up our mess, the quicker we can get to the things that we want to do. The fun part. And let's be honest, investing is the fun part. That's yeah. it. Kim, how much debt do you guys have? 
so right now we are at a combined total of 22000 in debt. We've got 6000 in a home improvement loan and 16000 in credit card debt. Okay. Um, and currently we're, after all of our um, like medical expenses, uh, gas groceries, all of that stuff in our mortgage, we're putting 2000 a month toward our debt. Great. So we're looking at, and we're currently looking at an 11-month payoff. But if we can add that 400 in, mm-hmm. we're looking at a nine-month payoff. Yeah. And, and, and what if one or both of you get a side hustle? And what if you decided, you know what, if you make the sacrifice and go down to 0%, I'll make a sacrifice in this area. So I've got some skin in the game, too. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you have four, five, six, seven hundred dollars $700 going towards this debt you didn't have before. Now you're out of debt in seven months instead of 11. And you see that yeah. that progress to go, hey, seven months from now, if you follow this to a T, we'll be back to investing way more than we were mm-hmm. seven months prior. And then start yeah. doing the math I on what credit card interest is doing to you as you lose out on the extra 400 bucks you could have been putting towards that payment. Yeah. If he wants and to do some math, we can do before, math. So. <laughs> we did the debt snowball way back 10 years ago. We first got married, paid off 40 grand in student loans. Mm-hmm. And then we just fell off. And mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. you often do, and I'm like, okay, you know what we have to do. And, and we didn't contribute to a 401k while we were still in student loan debt. And he knows that. I'm like, why was that okay back then? I think you now? were younger. I think you were younger. And he was like, yeah, we've got time. And probably now that you guys are, you know, you're into this and it's further, he's like, oh, you know, he's starting to look at the future and go, we've got to get, there's things that need to happen. And he, it sounds like he's got good motives. Like he wants to do what's right for he's his family. He's thinking through it logically. Yes. But sure. we can't just yeah. land on logic. We have to think about behavior and emotion. And yeah. What got us in here, we got to do something about this because you've been through it before. So the yeah. fact that you fell back in, you got to tell him, listen, this is insane that we're back here. We made progress and we took a step back. Once and for all, we're going to be done with this. And that means going all in. Yeah, I love that. That's a good call, Kim. Thank you for the call. I think a lot of people face that. And I think that's probably one of the toughest um, parts of the baby steps. For, and most for the controversial. Logics. Yes. The amount of flack we get. I can't believe they tell people to stop them. Listen, life isn't all, always just about a number and a match. Yes. We've got to look at the big picture. And the big picture is most Americans are investing 3 or 4% to get the match. And that's it. And that's what they do their mm-hmm. whole life. And yeah. we're telling you, hey... For a year or two, mm-hmm. go down to zero so you can go back up to fifteen. And can I be? I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna put some folks on blast right quick because here's what I think. Here's what Jade thinks. I think people don't want to stop their investment contribution because if they can say yes, but I've got X amount in savings or X amount in retirement, then they don't feel so bad about this debt that they have sitting over here. And it's like, well, I still, you know, I still have a positive net worth because I've been investing to my 401k. I'm like, yeah, but you still have $40,000 in debt or $60,000 in debt. And so I think for a lot of people, it's their little Jedi mind trick to make them them think they're doing better than they actually are. You know what this is, though? It's really a toddler mindset. The toddler says, hey, why eat my vegetables when the cake is buy one, get one free? Let's just skip to the dessert, Jade. (laughs) You've got a great deal on cake right now. That's right. Why do I have to eat my vegetables? Well, you're going to be real out of shape and have a tummy ache. That's right. And that's what we are as a country right now. Yeah. The entire country is just broke and in debt, not investing enough. Yeah. Up to their eyeballs in consumer debt. We're at record levels across the yeah. board. Credit cards, a trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. Auto loans, $1.58 trillion. Yeah. Student loans, $1.57 trillion. Ooh. And yet we're complaining that you can't build wealth in America today. And we're telling you, what if you got out of debt and invested more and you could retire with dignity? 
I love that. And people more, are like, nah, more, even more than dignity. I'll take my BOGO cake, Jade. No, <laughs> thank you. You know what I call that? I call that skinny fat, George. Have you ever Ooh. seen people who are, they look skinny, but their diet, man, their diet is total crap. They eat McDonald's and they just, but th- somehow because they have good metabolism or whatever, they're still skinny. And I think that when you are investing, it's like, oh, I've got this money stacked. I've got savings, but you've got this pile of debt over here. Mm. It makes it look like, hey, I'm in good shape. I do what I'm supposed to do, but really... Your diet is crap and you're eating McDonald's and you've got a bunch of debt stacked over here and it's when you sweat, it's sweating out of your pores. Why do you think I'm wearing all black today, Jade? It's very slimming. <laughs> it is very slimming. You don't know what I'm hiding under here. I don't want to know what you're hiding under so that So much jacket, McDonald's, George. you know me. <laughs> That's only for Whitney to discover. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, If you can't even remember the last time you had half an hour to yourself, be honest. Ask why. It's probably because everyone else's schedules, priorities, and emergencies are driving your life. And when you can't keep carrying that load, talking to a professional therapist can be a game changer. Therapy can be a place to work through your challenges with time, boundaries, commitments, and your own self-worth. Therapy can be incredible for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make that happen. If you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. Because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma. It's great for building skills to be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I am your host, Jade Warshaw. I'm joined by George Camel, who is host of The George Camel Show on YouTube, which, by the way, is popping off George. We just hit 100,000 subscribers the other day, Jade. I saw that. We Congrats. did it. Now I got to beat uh, Deloney and Rachel. Yes, you do. Some friendly competition. I love that. Uh, We're having fun. Yeah, if you have not already, hop on over to YouTube and smash that subscribe button for The George Camel Show. And by the way... You were on the show. We had you on a fun, really fun interview. That's right. That was super fun. People love Jade on there, so you need to come back. I got Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Um, there it is up there on the screen, The George Camel Show, if you're watching on YouTube. And for all you who are loyal listeners to this show, The Ramsey Show, thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you will share the show with others the same way that I just shared George's show. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. And we want all of our friends friends to be rich and out of debt as well. So share the show so that they can get this wonderful... That's They call this gatekeeping, Jade, when you don't tell someone. Interesting. Yeah. Don't gatekeep. Is that Let what... people know. That debt freedom is possible. Yeah. That you can invest the right way and not fall for all these TikTok traps. Interesting. Don't gatekeep. I'm trying to be young and relevant. Well, Jay-Z said you're not rich if everybody is, if you're the only one rich and nobody around you is. Oh. That you're not really wealthy. It's got to be contagious. It's got to be contagious. You got to be hanging around other rich people. That's right. You got to be sharing the knowledge, sharing the wealth, sharing the blueprint. And that's what we want you to do. Uh, If this show has changed your life, if you like it, maybe you just find it entertaining. Tell some people about it. Hit that little paper airplane button on Instagram or share it through YouTube or just like old school, just like talk about it while you're having lunch. 
and tell somebody, hey, there's this, this, this new podcast I've been listening to and it's awesome. It's called The Ramsey Show. We would appreciate that so much. It's free. And of course, like we said, it's spreading that good good all around the world. So in the meantime, let's go to the phone lines. We've got Marie in Durham, North Carolina. North Carolina, what's going on? Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You're sure. welcome. How can um, we help? Um, so I have a question. I just recently paid off all my debt, um, about, seven, well, $80,000. Woohoo! Um, and I, um, I didn't go through the baby steps like a normal person um, because I didn't start until late. But okay. um, I have – so I also have like a uniform transfer to minor account that my parents created for me when I was younger. Um, and I'm under the impression that it's just like mutual funds now. Okay. Uh, my goal would be to um, buy a townhome or something uh, in the near future. Um, and I have about – $57,000 in there. Um, I was just wondering if it's a good idea to use that money as a down payment on a house. Um, for me, I think that that sounds wonderful. Um, you said that you didn't walk through the baby steps in the traditional sense. That's fine. Uh, you don't have any debt and that's great. My next question before you bought a house would be to make sure that you've got three to six months of expenses set up. Do you have that? So, yes. I also... Um, Cash, like cash wise, I have about $30,000. Um, 25 of that is in a high yield savings account and the rest is just in my checking. Okay. And then I have, um, I paused investing in my uh, retirement um, and I have about 7,000 in there. I don't know if I should resume yeah. that now, but I, okay. So the 25 that you have in the high yield, is that three to six months? Like what, what portion of savings is that for you? So that would be um, three to six months of savings for me. Um, and my goal, so I, I have $30,000. Um, I would just, I would want to save at least um, $20,000 for my emergency fund okay. before I buy a house. And I have that. Um, so if 20000 gets you to three months or four months or whatever that m part is within the three to six months, which for you, let's, let's take that a little bit further. Okay. So it's just you. What type of work do you do? I'm a nurse. Okay. So pretty steady work. Pro you're probably okay with three months. If four months makes you feel better, I'm not mad at that. Mm -hmm. um, typically, the way we determine that is if you're in good health, if you have a stable job, uh, if you're somebody who's married, what do, you, what do your job situations look like? That's kind of how we determine that three to six month situation. And I feel like you as a nurse, um, I'd probably stick somewhere between three or four months and I'd feel good about that. George? Yeah. And on top of that, have you looked into the tax implications of withdrawing the money? Um, I, I do know there will be tax implications. Um, and I just, I didn't even know, like, if it, it, just pulling the money out would even be a good idea. I just, it's been sitting there for so long that I just don't even know what to do with well, it. Well, I, I I'm assuming they save that it. money because they wanted to be a blessing for you later in life as you, you know, yeah. begin your adult life. So I think there's no time like the present. If you're looking to get into a home and that money's yeah. going to help you do that faster and you've you followed the principles i mean you're debt free with an emergency fund and so now's the time to begin that down payment savings and if you want to stack up as much cash as possible and liquidate that account pay the taxes use all of that towards a down payment in the next year or two that's great mm -hmm. okay i think yeah that was my plan <laughs> yeah because if you add that you know if you add the ten thousand that you had as an overage in your savings i mean you're at 60 well You've got taxes on this Minus too. the taxes, but still, you yeah, could be looking at 50 well. grand yeah. uh, down payment, which is awesome. How old are you? 30. Okay. You got so much time. Yeah. This is awesome. 
This is. Yeah, consider it a gift. I love that. I love it. I love when we get to say yes to people. Well, yeah, the, the whole, you know, the Upmas and the Ugmas, yeah. fun names, they're meant to save for your child so that when they're an adult, mm-hmm. they'll have a little pile of money, which is awesome. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. That's Time to very use generous. Well, let's see what William's talking about in Anchorage, Alaska. William, thanks for calling in. Hey, how's it going? We're doing good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. I was just wondering about uh, credit score after paying off and closing accounts. Mm-hmm. I had heard somewhere one Dave Ramsey said that uh, the credit score will go to zero after like six months or something. Yeah. I was trying to research that. I couldn't find anything on it. So once you've finished paying off all your debts and all of your debts are paid off and all of your accounts are closed, then... That will start the process of your credit score slowly rolling to zero. So you're going to see it go down first. It's not going to just totally evaporate. You're going to see it go down first. And I'll be honest, that is a little bit emotional. And then after time, it'll be zero or indeterminable. Um, For Sam and I, let's see, for me, I think it took like seven months. And for Sam, it took a little bit longer. I've actually heard people say it's taken almost a year in some cases. Six to 12 months is the average. And so... If you can also yeah. go pull your credit report for free at annualcreditreport.com. Uh, that's the one site where you can do this for free and you can pull that and see, hey, look, I got no lines of credit open because a lot of people think they close the lines of credit. That's right. The credit score hangs around and they find out, oh, I forgot about that account. And you know what? George makes a really good point, William. I'll tell you this. I was messing around and looking on creditkarma.com checking my credit score after we had paid off all the debts on my name. I'm like, Ooh, I was so excited to see the score roll to zero and it took it it, it, there forever. It just sat at like 300 or something. And it was just like destroying my, my self-esteem. And then uh, we started looking at the process of buying a house. And when they pulled my credit, like the real way, it was zero. Ah, yeah. These these sites they're it's kind of like a Zillow where they're they're pulling information from somewhere else. That's the official source. And it's not always accurate. But more than that, here's what you got to keep in mind, William and anybody else. Sites like Credit Karma, they want to sell you debt. So they benefit from saying, oh, your credit score is 300. Let us tell you how to get that score back up again. Oh, yeah, they'll notify you. Hey, you should open up this line of credit from us that will help you get your score up. And we have this new card and there's new loan and this credit card we partnered with. Yeah. It's just riddled with loans and debt. And so anytime that you go, well, mint.com is free. I'm like, yeah, because you're the product, bro. It's not free. You're going to get bombarded with debt and marketing. And uh, that's, that's the sad underbelly of how these companies work it is so beware and just know hey be patient and like i said it is emotional george when you see that go to zero and let me also be clear i actually made a social post about this a lot of people they're like i paid off all my debt but i'm keeping that one credit card Uh. open just as a little you know safety net or whatever but i'm like no that's not gonna work yet again George, when it comes to this plan, you either got to take it or leave it. Because if you start doing shady stuff like that, it's not going to work for you. Everything we teach is being able to live a life without a credit score. And if you keep that one card around that you're not utilizing, you're not using, it's only going to make your credit score go down. Mm, Give it it up. You can live without a credit score across the board, renting cars, buying a house. It's all possible. And we're living proof. That's right. We're living proof. It's time to give up the ghost, give up those credit cards. Let that score go on ahead and go to zero. A zero credit score is just as good. Actually, it's better than a good credit score. Zero is what we're looking for. This is The Ramsey Show. 
Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it is The Ramsey Show, where we help you build work, wealth, do work that you love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm your host, Jade Warshaw. I'm joined by George Camel, and we're taking calls all afternoon about your life, about your money, your budget, how to make more money, get more income coming in, pay off your debt. This is what we're talking about. So give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. We're going to jump in directly to the phone lines. We've got Tristan in Dallas, Texas. What's going on, Tristan? Jay, George, how are y'all doing? We're doing great. How are you? I was uh, the wisest redneck I know says better than I deserve. I'm oh glad Dave's goodness. not here to hear that. <laughs> I know. The wi- I, you might take wisest redneck. That's nice. Good yeah, carry. yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm a descendant of many a redneck, so I, I'm right there. There you go. There you go. I love it. How can we help today? Yeah, so I'm uh, in baby step two right now. I've got a, I've got about $40,000 worth of debt that's mostly student loans. Shoot. And then, a, a, yeah, then a, I've got a car loan that uh, I... Well, I was recently driving around a brand new car, but I listened to Dave and sold that and got a cheaper car for the time being that I just owe about five grand on now. Okay, great. And yeah, and so uh, the only credit card that I have is one credit card that uh, I really discovered about a year ago on Father's Day when my mom kind of unexpectedly passed away. Oh man! And yeah, and when we, me and my uh, me and my siblings were helping my dad go, sorry, go through everything and kind of get uh, try to get him sorted out because we knew our mom handled most of the finances. Uh, we actually had discovered that she had opened up, I think it was twelve credit cards in his name and eleven wow. in my name. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Eleven cards. In yeah. Your name. Hey, I'm yeah. sorry. That's tough. I mean, it's tough enough you lost your mom and then to discover a secret like that. That's painful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was rough for a little while, but thankfully I've got a, uh, or at the time I had a wonderful girlfriend who helped me get through it, and now mm-hmm. she's my fiance. Okay. So we're going to get married soon. Um, but my, my main question is that uh, 10 of the cards, I showed them uh, some information, reported a claim to them saying that these are fraudulent, and they like, were actually really helpful, immediately closed them out, reported them as fraudulent. Okay. And then there's just one card that initially told me that, oh, yeah, we're going to close this out in about a week. And then I found out a few months later that they were, uh, they had, in fact, not closed the card out and they had been charging me late fees. And it's mm. just been, yeah. Did you get it in writing that they were going to close it? Unfortunately, no. It was mm. all over the phone. Yeah. And, Basically, we've been going back and forth for about a year, and it turns out the thing that they are hanging on right now to keep it open is that when I was 18, uh, my mom had bought me a plane ticket to go visit my older brother in California as like an early birthday present. Okay. And she apparently had done that on that credit card. So there was a plane ticket in my name. So, oh, that, so like, that, hey, this isn't fraud. What's, yeah, what's so the like, balance on it? What's the balance on the card? <sighs> It was about eighteen hundred, but after the late fees, now it's like twenty two hundred, and so part of, part of me is just kind of frustrated and just and just kind of wants to be like, okay, let me maybe just throw this in the debt snowball. But the other part of me is just like, heck, Nevin, I'm not, I don't want to let this freaking credit card company win. So, what's your income? Uh, this year it's going to be ninety one. Okay, if I'm you, this has been a year of headache and hassle. You lost your mom. 
this is not what you want consuming your mental space. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, Mm -hmm. if I don't want to overstep, but the longer that you have to deal with this, I feel like it has the ability to kind of infiltrate what you're feeling about your mom even. Like she left me with this problem and now, I mean, uh, and it's just, I feel like that has, that can be a really tangled web and you can end up feeling like some bitterness or like some anger towards her when really all you want to do is just grieve your loss. Yeah. And I, I definitely felt that for the, for about the first six months after she passed and yeah, I went to, went to therapy for it though. And so mm-hmm. I, I really don't, yeah, that part I'm not really holding on to anymore because she, she did what she did uh, in her, in her mind. She thought she was doing what was, uh, what was the best for sure. us and us other kids. But uh, yeah, so it, it, that I'm not too worried about. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm still going to pay it. George, what would you do? Okay. I would call and say, listen, I'm done with this. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Just cut the late fees. Cut this 400 bucks off. I'm like happy that. to pay the original balance, but mm-hmm. we've been fighting this thing. I didn't even know about this card, mm-hmm. and so I'll work with you on this, but I'm paying my 1800 and that's it. And get that in writing okay. and say, hey, I'm closing the card after that. So that's what I would okay, fight for, good. but I wouldn't fight to try to get it to zero over the next 10 years, like Jade said, and just it's too many brain calories Yeah. Yeah. over yeah, too no, small of an amount of money. Yeah, I agree with that. I... I second that notion, George. That's oh, a good one. So sorry, Tristan. I appreciate the call, Tristan, but that is tough. Man. You know, I hear about this all the time. Um, and, and this is not what happened in Tristan's situation, but for moms and dads listening, it is fraud if you open up credit cards in the names of your children like and say that it's you. That's fraud. And not only that, like you have the ability to really jack their credit i know people personally who this has been done to them and then they hit 18 and they get into the world and they're 21 and 23 and they're like why do like why is my credit already bad like what's happened Mm. to me and they find out it's because their parents have opened up cards you mess with your kid's financial life and the other trend i'm seeing jade i'm seeing these all these videos on instagram and tiktok there's all this advice saying, hey, add your kid as an authorized user on your card, no. even if they're three years old. When they're 18, they're going to have amazing credit, and they're going to be so grateful. And here's what happens. The parents blow up their kid's credit. Yeah. By accident. Yes. And then screw up their kid's financial life before they're even an adult. It's so unfair. It's so unfair. You've got to let your kids decide who they want to be financially. You don't don't just set them out there and just assume that what because what if they follow the Ramsey way and they don't want to have anything to do with credit what and if? credit cards? What I could only hope. I could only dream that's the case, George. That's what we're hoping for. But um, you've got to be careful. And then there's another teaching in this, George, about um. If you are, A, monitoring your own credit and making sure you see all the accounts on there, because this guy is talking about, he said there were 10 accounts, uh, 11 11 in his dad's name, and then another 11 accounts in his name. Yeah, this is the importance. We are not for the credit score, but we are for pulling your credit report once a year. You can do this on annualcreditreport.com. We have no Mm -hmm. affiliation. This is just the authorized federal website Mm -hmm. to do this for free. And that will show you every single trade line credit account you have open, mm-hmm. every single student loan, everything. It's going to lay it all out to give you a picture. And that's how I found out that fraud had happened to me. Yeah. There was an AT&T account and a Verizon account opened across the country with a previous address of mine in Nashville. Wow. That was opened and they added 1700 bucks worth of debt. Wow. Onto both of those accounts. And the only way I found that was pulling my credit report yeah. and getting a collector call saying, hey, yeah. you owe us this money. I went, what? Yeah. I didn't have Horizon. Yeah. So there you go. Something like that happened with Sam and I. It was a Discover card. And he was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what it came from. And yeah, 
check your credit score, make sure you recognize the debt, and when you do, pay it off. This is The Ramsey Show. If current times have shown us anything, it's that the least expected events can and will happen, and we have to deal with it. That's why everyone who has a family counting on them needs term life insurance. For over 25 years, the only insurance company I've recommended is Xander Insurance. Not only because they search all of the top term life plans to find you the best rates, but over the years, they have constantly changed and updated their systems to make the whole process simpler and easier to get the protection needed. You can now apply with a completely touchless experience with everything being done either over the phone or the internet. They also have plans with super competitive rates that don't require an exam, allowing you to skip a step and get the coverage you need faster. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Great rates and a simple process mean there's no excuse to not get this done, people. All right, you are listening to The Ramsey Show. I am Jade Warshaw, your host, joined by George Camel, host of The George Camel YouTube Show. And George, um, you're big into social media. I'm big into social media. There is a trend that is circulating that, to be honest, I can't tell if I think it's funny or if I'm a little bit offended, but it's called, both. yeah, a little bit of both. It's called girl math. So girl math is trending apparently, and I'm not gonna tell you what it is. We have a video for you guys to watch, and this kind of explains it. So take a look at this. Here's a list of things that I firmly believe because of girl math. Anything under $5 is free. Anything I buy with a gift card is free. If I buy something, but then I return it, I've made money. Going to an event or a concert is free because I purchased the tickets so long ago, it like doesn't even count. I load my Starbucks app in advance, so Starbucks is free. Anything discounted more than 50% is free, and I like am losing money by not getting it. If I'm like paying someone back for dinner and I have money in Venmo, that dinner is free. If I don't buy something, like if I don't buy a pair of shorts for $50, like I've made $50 and I can then go spend $50 on something else. Okay, this one's a little bit weird, but my husband and I share credit cards and a bank account, but somehow every time that he puts down his card with his name on it, like that's free and he paid. Wow. <laughs> okay, that moved fast, but man, oh. that's hilarious and relatable. It's ratchet. That's messed up. All of that is so, so wrong. So it's wrong. Here's, here's my definition. So Rachel Cruz and I, we covered the concept of girl math on last week's Smart Money Happy Hour episode. Okay. At length. And it was eye-opening to say the least. But here's our definition. All right. Girl math is a term for how women justify unnecessary spending through a series of mental gymnastics. So that's what it comes down to. It's financial. <laughs> it's money mental gymnastics. Yeah, that is gymnastics. I mean... She just, the way they were rolling off the tongue, I was like, wow, this is your way of life. The weird thing is, I'm. let me be 100% honest, as a lady myself, there were a couple of the ones that she said that I I think that I have rationalized in my own head. Yes! Like, when she was like, if it's a gift card, it's free. I was like, yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. If it's a gift card and you didn't buy the gift card, 100% that's free. Mm. I don't think... I don't know that that falls into girl math because that's. Sure. Do you feel well, like a gift card is can free? Can we just call this out that the guys are very much guilty of guy math, which is a whole another thing that's now come up. What's what's man math? It, it involves more like Home Depot and Lowe's justification, you know, oh, okay, the okay. truck justification. Gotcha. Why they need a sixty thousand dollar truck? So their stupid taxes, a lot more zeros yeah. on the end, and the girl math. But my wife has been guilty of the, of I'm gonna return something and then she'll come home and say I made I made a seventy five dollars. I'm like, no, that means we just spent the difference. 
Okay, can you I spend two hundred? You return seventy five. You didn't make seventy five. You spent one twenty five. Okay, you know what I mean. Can, well, can I tell you my version of that because I think mine's worse. Uh oh. If I like honestly today I have a return and I has was already thinking about this. <laughs> look, oh, I know where look, you're going look. with this. Oh, I have no. a pair of pants and a shirt to return, and I'm like, hey, that's going to be like like $110. And I was already thinking like, if I, what I, I know what I want to get. And I'm like, it's like $140. And I'm like, it's free because I'm like doing a return. Well, and it's even th- though it's a little bit more, I still feel like your return free. isn't going back in the budget. You're like, well, no. that gives me 110 bucks I can spend elsewhere. Cause that money was already spent. That's right. Now I want to call out. And your I do husband, feel like you Sam, can add a little to it. Your husband, Sam is in the lobby watching this right now. So you are spilling the tea on yourself. He is giving me a look of distaste. He's like, you best I not. think that he's even shaking. He's having a whole conversation through the glass. I can't hear you, Sam. Oh my god! I don't want to hear what you're saying right now. But girl math, here's the thing. I Let me tell you a quick story. I had a buddy call me the other night. I'm not going to tell her name. She, I won't put her on blast, but she makes tips for a living. She called me up. She's like, Jade, if I have this tip money and I go out and buy X, Y, Z, it doesn't count, right? And I'm like, yes, it does. She's like, yeah, but it's like found money. It's like extra money. It doesn't count. And I'm like, oh boy, yes, it does. So sometimes I even think if we have cash, like somebody gives you cash That's money, you get cash back in your pocket. People think I don't have to add that to the budget. I can just it's blow outside that. of the system. It doesn't exist in the matrix. <laughs> There's no paper trail. That is true. Gen Z had we because we're all about like hey, you know, yeah. switch to cash, cash it, envelope. It'll get control of your spending, and then they go to cash and they go, no, this is free money because mm-hmm. it never touched my bank account. Mm-hmm. So my rule is, it has to be reflected in the budget. All money, whether it's cash, whether it's a return, the return in every dollar, you can drag the return back into the category and refill it. That is true. I'm gonna have Do to people pray do about that. that. I'm gonna pray about that one, George. Hey, on did those she returns. talk about like concert tickets or event tickets in that one? She did. She that, said if you buy it far in advance, it doesn't count. Oh, that, that's right. I, relate like, to I that. bought it eight months ago. So did I really spend the money? Yeah, because by the time you get to it, you're like, oh, I didn't. I don't have to pay for this because you free. already did. I, I definitely just, relate to that. Oh. Wait, can I tell you? This is. I don't know if this is girl math or just weird math. Buying a car in cash. I have said this before, and I know people are probably rolling their eyes out of their head, but. When you save up and buy a car in cash, I feel like it feels free. Like when you go and buy the car, it's like it never happened. Wow. Because you've been putting this money aside. It's been earmarked over there. It's never been part of your emotional, like day-to-day money self. And then you just come home with the car. And you're like, that joker was free. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, if you write the if you write that check, yeah, and you see that money disappear, mm-hmm. there's an emotional piece where you're like, "That's twenty three thousand dollars that just disappeared from my bank." Yeah, but you're right in that you're not going home with a payment, you're not no. going home with a loan, and therefore mentally you've removed it. Yeah, emotionally you've already set that money aside; it's already been earmarked for something else. And so I think some of that is probably where this girl math takes part you're kind of uh compartmentalizing your spending you're already saying this is this that is that um and you got to be careful especially here now let's get into some serious teaching on this i think if you're especially married you've got to be careful with girl math guy math because ultimately what's the purpose of this are we doing this to keep purchases from our spouse? We're trying to fly underneath the radar. You know, Dave said it and it's so true. You come home with those target bags and you're like, it was a return. But why mm. are you hiding it under the bed? <laughs> like, why are you hiding it in the back of your closet or keeping it in the car? Can I tell y'all? I'm oh. going to put myself on blast. This is the type of stuff I used to do. 
I'd come home, and if I'm like, oh, Sam is there, I would leave the bag. If you walk in with bags, you're like, this is risky. I'd leave the bag in the car. Until when? Until you can sneak it in. Until a more opportune moment, George. (laughs) That's what I used to do back in the day. I know. That is mischievous. Look, these women out here better have my back because I know all of y'all, y'all have done it too. But the point is, once we get more mature, once we start having these conversations with our spouse, and once we say, hey, like, let's share our money Let's do what it takes to, you know, get on the same page. We have to stop all this nonsense. Well, the the heart of it is, it's one of the reasons we're broke. It's fun to laugh at and it's yes. relatable and we all do it. But until you can get above that gen- mental gymnastics and go, you know what? This is an unhealthy justification mm-hmm. for me to spend and not actually deal with yeah. the root problem, which is my behavior yeah. and me wanting more than I have, being discontent buying things out of stress or out mm-hmm. of convenience. Mm-hmm. It's part of the reasons you're not hitting your financial goals. That's right. And so it's hilarious to laugh at and very relatable. And I'm not here to judge those that fall into those yeah. camps like Jade has just admitted. Yeah. But at some point, you got to just be an adult and go, yeah, okay, I can't do that anymore. And it, it, it makes you, you know, you do have to, this has been a interesting thing for me. So Financial Peace University, that's the class that we teach. It's nine weeks. It teaches you everything you need to know about money. And my husband and I coordinated that class many, many times. And a lot of times we would have younger kids in the class and like in their 20s, 20s, 21s, like that age. And Venmo, Cash App, Zelle, all of those quick money transaction apps. I noticed that a lot of people keep those apps and I think that's where a lot of people pool Ooh. a lot of quote unquote found money or girl math or boy math money that honestly should be added to their budgets. Cause it's like, oh, I just got this, you know, me and my girl went out to dinner and she just cash at me that. And I'm like, before you know, it, you're going to look up and have like $300 in cash app. That's real money. Yeah. You're, and you're just cash apping and Venmoing back and forth to each other with your balances. Exactly. While not having any money in your bank account. Yes. That's a problem. So the call to action here is let's 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 go through this. Let's look at the cash apps. Let's look at the Venmos. Let's look at what the return. Let's make all of our money actually be all of our money. And let's have that money working for us. And that's where the budget, I think, is the solution. That's right. To curbing the mental gymnastics that's right girl math and guy math and whoever else math yes the budget is your friend if you don't have a budget check out the every dollar budget it's the only budgeting app i use i know it's the only budgeting app that george campbell uses you can download it today for free at everydollar.com this is the ramsey show All right, thanks for hanging out with us. This is The Ramsey Show. I am your host today, Jade Warshaw, joined by my other host, George Camel. I'm here too. Yeah, that's right. And you know what? Let me go ahead and say this for the people who are in the comments. We're both hosts. Great point. And what are they saying in the comments? Uh, whoever, I think they think whoever sits in this chair oh. is the host. And that whoever sits over there shouldn't talk much. That's funny. Well, we look at it as a, we call them drivers. Like, who's driving the show today? Yeah. But it's equal co-host. It's equal co-host. The funnier comment is that people think it's like Game of Thrones out here. And it's like, oh, Jade's going to take the throne. Rachel's going to, no, George is going to take... We're out here trying to fill some big old shoes of <laughs> Dave Ramsey. Right. I know that's right. So there ain't no Game of Thrones happening here. <laughs> yes, George. So I give you permission. You could say as much as you'd like this show. <laughs> Thank you for your permission, Jade. <laughs> Let's go to the phone lines. We got Hannah in Columbia, Missouri. What's going on, Hannah? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, my, hu- my husband and I are finishing up Baby Step 3. 
Woo-hoo. We have a one-year-old, and our second baby is due in February. Nice. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my husband just started a new job this week, so we are both now working from home. Wow. We also have a nanny that we um, bring into our house to provide our child care. So it's Love a full it. house. Um, we currently live in a three-bedroom, 2,100-square-foot house. We were going to make this space work. However, my husband had his first Zoom call with his CEO this week and was immediately kicked off the internet. Um, the strongest internet signal offered in our neighborhood is six megabytes. Oh, gosh. Both of us working here. Yeah, we're in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Um, That's so like dial-up. Internet- oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like sometimes I want to throw my computer out the window. I bet. <laughs> so between that hurdle and just wanting more space with another baby and us both being here, we're wondering if we should move and take on a bigger mortgage. Well, how big of a room does a baby need? I'm curious. Well, I mean, we would just like for him to have his own space. Um, but still, if I have an office and our other son and that baby. Oh, so the, are the bedrooms room, being converted into offices? Yes. Mm. So right now I'm in a office, which would be our nursery. Um, and I would move my office to our bedroom. Our mm-hmm. other son has a bedroom and then my husband. Um, was going to be like in a room with no windows, kind of in a mm. just a corner. And they're done that. Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah. The real question is, what do the dollars and cents say? Sure. So um, with his new income, our household income is $220,000. Good. Um, yeah, our current mortgage is about two ten, dollars um, but it's worth about two seventy five. dollars So we've only been here about two years. Um, the thing to that is we owned a house before this one, um, and we were only there six months after the basement leaked and there was mold that was discovered after we bought it. Um, okay. We moved, and so now it feels like we're just jumping from house to house and are never going to get ahead if we keep moving at the rate we are. Yeah, so how, sorry, just for clarity, how long have you been in this current house? Um, two years. Two years. Um. You know, I hear what you're saying, and I think the internet has some validity. If you're working from home, you need to find a way to get steady internet. Um, Not to nerd out, but can you just do like a hotspot yeah. for, from a cell phone kind of thing? Like I know yeah, Verizon, all the cell phone companies have those. mobile hotspot, and um, it's also not offered in our area. The thing that prompted this call, we got Starlink. Mm-hmm. I was wondering about that as well. Yeah, they had. They came out today and said, "Yeah, it's not going to work for you." Like we're in a pretty rural part of town with a lot of trees, um, so we've looked at pretty much other. Could you could you work out of like a local coffee shop or co working space nearby or anything like that? Um. So my I have a desktop phone, so I can't really pack that up and take it with me. My husband's on Zoom calls, and the whole agreement with him taking this job was that. He'd ha- so he's going to be traveling, and my thing with that, like, was that he'd be home working, so the travel would kind of offset with him being gone and us having young kids. Mm. So you've been in this current home a little more than two years, so that kind of gets you off the hook if there were any gains on this. What's the what's the property like? If you were to sell it today, what would you get for it? What would you what would you take um, home from that sale? About um, we take home about. 60 
between what we owe on it and what we could sell it for. And what could you add with that? Do you have, other than your baby step three, do you have any other money saved? No, um, we should be, we should finalize baby step three by uh, December 1st. And right, we could stockpile cash and move, but with a baby coming in February, we just, I, I would prefer to be settled in the house than bring our baby home. Yeah, look, I get it. Here's, here's what I think you guys need to see. I think that there's like this ideal state that you have, but until you have them, especially my screen says that you want to move into a bigger house. Like you want to move up. It's not like you're saying, Hey, we're going to move into something that's around the same price. We're just going over here where there's internet. It sounds like you want to spend more money, have something bigger. And until you have them, cause I, I don't know what you're pricing at. Like, what are you, what is the cost of the homes that you want to move into? That's the question. Yeah. So we were, um, my thing was like, we've already moved twice in the last three years and I don't want to get into another house just to move in two years when we could afford it. You know, it, it just feels like if we keep jumping from house to house, we're never going to get ahead. Um, so we were looking at about like $400,000 houses, which would, yeah, pretty much be like three times of the mortgage that we're paying right now. Right. It feels like it's going to eat up a whole lot of your income on top of paying the nanny. <laughs> yeah. So my worry right. is you guys get in there and you're like, we have internet, but no margin. And now yeah. we're stressed yeah. out financially. Even making 220, which is a great income, great income, can easily disappear with the current you know, housing market and taking on double the mortgage and paying a nanny, mm-hmm. it very quickly could disappear. So I, right. my heart says, let's pause on this. Let's get the new baby in this current home. Let's make it work. Let's figure out a temporary internet situation. And once you're back home with the baby, nice yeah. and healthy, let's start shopping for a new house with more money in the bank at that point. But right now it feels okay. like you're going to rush into a decision and then go, oh, this isn't the house either. Yeah. Right. That's my yeah. worry. And we have no idea what like our month to month is going to look like he like he just started this week we haven't gotten that first paycheck so exactly it could yeah by the time next year we could be in a totally different position i mean you've got the nanny who can stay with the kid like i liked george george's idea of maybe you can go someplace else and get the work done that you need to get done that requires the internet while you've got the nanny on call, you're paying for her to be there anyway. And con- and contact, you know, the company that you work for, that he works for, and say, hey, here's our situation. We can't, can you help us figure out an internet situation out here? Maybe they'll cover it. Maybe they know of a mm-hmm. way to do this. Check with your neighbors, see how they're getting internet. I can't imagine every single person within a 10-mile radius has yeah. that kind of poor connection. Yeah, but, exactly. Man, that's tough. But either way, I think the the main thing to get across, Hannah, is something here... Something has to give, you know, I think sometimes we want to have everything all at once. It's like, oh, I'd love for the baby to come home to a new house. I've got this new income. And I also think, George, that uh, here's what I, I think it's a lifestyle creep thing. It's like, oh, we finally got this new money and we can just like we're like so quick to spend it. It's like, just let it breathe for a second. Like, get used to what life looks like. Well, because they're not, you know, I didn't hear about investing or anything, but we're at baby step three. We still need to have 15% to invest. We need to put money away for the kids' college. I know that's We need right. to pay this house off early. So my worry is you're stuck in this baby step three no man's land forever mm-hmm. because of that lifestyle creep. So I think we can find solutions for everything. The desktop phone, usually they can route that to hit your cell phone. Yeah. And you can use that or they can issue a company phone you know, yeah. that's mobile. So you exactly. don't have to lug your phone to a coffee shop or a co-working space or whatever. But in this newfangled, you know, remote world, I feel like there's more options and we just need to do some homework. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Thanks for the call. That was a good, that's that's a good one to think about. I think, you know, there was a lot going on there. $220,000, that is a great income, but it's not 
it's not a million dollars and it's not you know half a million dollars like that can get dwindled away very quickly on very big expenses like if they move into a house that they're not quite ready to afford they can be one of those people who's living paycheck to paycheck who's making over six yes. figures because that's the what one the stats out of three tell us. one out yeah. of three folks making six figures still paycheck to paycheck yeah and, and that's sad largely due to lifestyle creep yep that's right and debt but a lot of lifestyle creep too. that's right that's right this is the ramsey show I know you work hard for your money, and the key to keeping more of it in your pocket is by making a plan for your spending with a budget. And every dollar is the budgeting app that I use personally because it's perfect for looking every dollar you make in its little president face and telling it exactly where you want it to go. Just like you told that guy in traffic exactly where you wanted him to go. And even better, every dollar walks you through the entire budgeting journey so you always know your next right step. Download every dollar for free in the App Store or Google Play today. What's going on? You guys are listening to The Ramsey Show. I am Jade Warshaw, joined by George Camel, fellow Ramsey personality and host. We're taking your calls all afternoon. The number is 888-825-5225. Give us a call. We used to say the number was toll free, but I think these days, just about every call you make is going to be a free You never one. know. I might start charging one of these days <laughs> for fun. If, if you're if you're an, a nuisance of a caller, I'll bet you owe us a dollar for our time. Ooh. Don't start. All right, let's go to Stacy in Virginia Beach, Virginia. What's going on, Stacy? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Uh, um, I'm okay. Um, I have a issue. I have about um, thirty thousand dollars in debt that I just since COVID, I've you know tried paying it and I put it in a um, with a consolidation company and I've just within the past couple of months, it's like impossible for me to get it down any further. And I've been paying for this would be the fourth year. Um, so I paid it off a huge amount of it, mm-hmm. but this last 30,000 and I'm like, $3,500 behind now and because of work situation changing and everything. What kind of debt I, is it? I don't know what to do it. Well, um, a few years ago, um, two, it's credit card. It's it's all credit card. Um, um, two of our daughters were going through really, really bad times and I was making good money and um, had excellent credit in the 800s and I gave them each a credit card one of them two of them in their name but still on my credit and their situations when you say um, in their name but so it was it's in your name okay their name so you just gave them a credit card that was they were like an authorized user but on your account yeah okay correct and um unfortunately you know broken promises and um it it just hasn't happened so i end up putting um once i found out that they were not making their payments um i tried to keep up with it as best as i could but because they had been late and stuff Mm -hmm. um it snowballed and one of them even used it for like rent cash advances Um, so did you take them off of these cards Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. great. So there's no more debt um, being accumulated. But you're on the hook, and they're not paying another dime. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And I've paid um, altogether. It was um, 
with now this is with the interest and the fees and everything uh-huh. um it got up to a hundred and thirty-five thousand. Oh my gosh Wait, wow paid, yeah i paid everything but um this last thirty thousand so you got it from 135 down to a, down to 30 you have any other debt no okay and what's your household income well, see, that's the thing. My husband does not know that I'm paying this. Girl, oh, what, boy. He doesn't know about paying, the debt? He would disown them. It would totally fracture our family. And um, and you don't no, think he's going to find out one day? Um, No. No, because we, we don't have debt except for the only... Uh, so you have to use your own regular. income and do this secretly with your own bank account. Because he can't find out because it would destroy the family. Let me, hold on a second. Can you flip the script for a second and imagine the tables were turned and your husband had done what you did and took out these credit cards and, you know, so on and so forth. Well, no, he knew, he knew they had, he knew that they had them. He thought, he thinks that they're making their payment. Either way, either way, if the tables were turned and he knew what you know, right? Like just put yourself in his shoes. Would you want to be told? Um, if it wouldn't be that I know he will disown them and no, 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 no. Would you? No. Simple question. Would if it? Would you want to know? Do you feel like you would have the right to know if you, as a couple, had incurred one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars of debt? Do you have the right to know? Sure. Yes, ma'am. And here's the thing: if he disowns them, that's a decision he made. Mm -hmm. So you can own your part. You did a lot of stupid stuff, but it's up to him what he does with this situation. Yeah. And right, but that would mean me not getting to see my grandchildren. No, it wouldn't. Oh, They're, sure it would, because both of them would uh, take it, you know, the opposite. They would take it as you tattled on dad to us, and now yeah, I'm not going to, exactly. you're not exactly. our mom anymore, and you're not going to get to see the kids as punishment. Exactly. Look, if that's how this whole thing's going to go down, there's not much of a relationship there to begin with. Yeah. How are you already not resentful towards the daughters? Um, I'm pretty sad. Yeah. This relationship can't be in great shape right now as it stands. Well, there's circumstances that led to it, and there's no excuse that if they could, and I had put it in my email, they're not in a position. They're literally just getting by. What that- they, the initial you know, that they did, it's, there's no excuse for it because it shouldn't have been hidden from me because then I could have done something to help to rectify at that time. But they, they're their own women. How old were they when when this were taking place? Over 18? Oh, yes. I think. But they were both, one, one was getting out of a, she didn't know. Um, she was relocating for a job, went up there. The whole family was supposed to move up when kids got summer. And the now ex-husband decided he wasn't moving. And, okay. you know, and the other was in a horrible, Here, abusive marriage. Here's the thing. Here's here's what I want to say. All those things are really difficult. Those are difficult situations to manage. You're their mom. You want to step in and help. You helped in the wrong way. And now everybody's reaping the results of that. And in this case, the consequences of that. If you wanted to help, you could have given them a gift. You could have said, hey, I'll, you know, the the right way to help in these situations is not to open a line of credit 
where they can spend and spend. It's to say, you know, I'm going to cover your rent this month or I'm, you know, and you're, you're taking the action yourself and you've still got all the power and the control um, as far as the money yeah. and they can't create debt on your behalf. So yeah, I think that the hard part here is you're having to come to grips with like this. I tried to help and I botched it and it's still like, it's still reaping bad fruit and that sucks. And I think also it's easy for you to say, oh, my husband, he'll disown them and he'll do this and he'll do that and keep it from him. But you guys have all, you've all got to get in a room and be like, this is what's going on. And it might be an episode of Jerry Springer, but you guys can't keep all these secrets off to the side. And dad doesn't know this. And mom, if you tell him you're disloyal, there's no healthy boundaries here. And there's no healthy relationship taking place here. Man, I wish John Deloney was here because he would mm. get up get up all yeah, up into this. This is largely relational. But the is. thing is here, you, have, you said you're having work issues. Do you have an income right now? Yes, but... Due to COVID, and it's still where we live, it's still not 100% open back up. And to do where? With Virginia's not open? Where? What I do with my job, and I can't say, or else then that just pinpoints me. Okay. Um, so my income has dropped drastically. What do you make today? Past couple of years. Um, geez, probably only like 30000 right now. You need to go find a new career. Well, I've been trying. I I probably put in a dozen to two dozen. If you go work a retail job at $16 an hour, you just got a raise. When what does your husband make? Um, good money due to... Six figures? Career, his career. And you guys have um, totally separate finances? No, we have joint also. But okay. this was... On my own. Okay. Well, you're not going to be able to pay off this $30,000. You need his help right now, unfortunately. And which means you're going to have to go and say, listen, I'm sorry. I committed financial infidelity. I need your help fixing this. I want to salvage the relationships. I need your help. Mm -hmm. This is what marriage is. It is. Dealing with the hard stuff together. Yeah. She's going to have to, she's going to have to swallow her pride and go in there and ask for help. This is her spouse. And by the way, combining incomes doesn't mean that you have a joint account that you both put some into and then you have your separate accounts off to the side. That's not combining finances. That's playing yourself and you're playing your marriage too. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I am your host today, Jade Warshaw. I am joined by one of my favorite guys. Wow. I mean, George Camel. What a stand-up individual you That's are. so kind. And we're taking your calls all afternoon about your life, your money. Give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. And we'll try to get you on the line. In the meantime, let's quickly go to these phone lines because we've got Linda waiting in White Plains, New York. What's going on, Linda? Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Happy to do so. What's going on? So my parents are retired and they're in the process of getting divorced. Um, My mom is going to be keeping the house, but she won't have very much to live on. So my siblings and I um, are thinking of taking on the mortgage. And my question is, does it make sense for us to take on the mortgage for this house that's older and it needs significant renovations? 
or should we try to sell and find my mom a new place to live? I'm going for option number two because it's way cleaner. I'm just ima- like when you started talking about that, my brain started imagining all the ways that can go south because how many siblings is it? Um, there's three of us will be able to take on that responsibility. So let's just pretend you guys split the mortgage equally. And then suddenly one sibling falls on hard times or something happens in their world and they're not able to hold up their end of the bargain. And so now it falls on two siblings. And then God forbid something happens and another sibling goes through something with their life and their family and they realize, hey, this is not a priority. Do you see how that can kind of unravel very quickly? Yeah, definitely. What we've been thinking, though, is even if we try to buy something new, we'll still all have to pitch in. Um, So it's kind of... What is her retirement income? Yeah. Uh, It's not much. Um, So with Social Security... Um, my mom will have about 2800 That's something. It's just her. And yeah, yeah she can't afford York, an that, apartment. That is, sorry? She can't afford a condo or an apartment? Not in New York. <laughs> Does she have to live in, do all the siblings live in the White Plains area? Yeah, we pretty much all live in the same area. We've considered relocating, but... Like for the entire family to relocate, that that would be significant. Is there any spousal support? What's going to happen? What's how's the dust going to settle from this divorce as far as the finances go? Yeah, so pretty much splitting my dad's pension in half, um, but he has more social security because he was the one working, so he'll be able to live on what what he gets. But my mom won't quite be able to make ends meet. So she'll have the twenty eight hundred plus half of his pension. No, that is, that's including. That includes the pension. pension. Okay. So if you were to sell the house, what would it bring? Um, in the condition it is now, maybe 100, 150,000. It would only go for 150 grand? Because it's it that a dilapid- lot of renovations. Then I think we need to get her out of there repair. anyways. Yeah. What's going to that- happen when you take on a big mortgage and you have to pay for all these renovations and none of you even live there? Yeah, well, um, you know, we're all in our 30s. We've all been saving for our own homes. So what we're thinking is we'll just keep renting and and use those. So you're going to delay the rest of your financial future to keep mom living this dream slash nightmare. I would sell it and I'd get her a real, uh, you know, real just quaint little condo and apartment. Mm -hmm. And if that can get her mortgage lower to where she can still afford it. And that's great. But I would not refinance this thing and you guys take on the loan, but her name's on the title. No. It's going to implode the family yeah, sooner rather than later. What's your net worth? Um, my net worth is about, uh, probably about 150000 Yeah. And if you had to guess your siblings, where are they sitting at? If you had to guess. Oh, somewhat less than that. I don't know what their net worth is, but they make about, Sixty thousand a year, and they probably have they probably have that average debt, that sort of thing. I'd rather mom go live with one no, of the siblings at this free. point. Oh, you're could all debt free. Okay, could she live with one of y'all? Um, yeah, yeah, that's definitely possible. It's it's just hard for us to think of, you know, our mom having to move back into an apartment. She loves being outdoors. She loves gardening. She has two big dogs. She can still so, go outside. 
and she can still like there's so much that she can still do i think you guys have to grieve what's taken place and grieve the fact that you guys all had this ideal picture of what your mom would be doing at this age and what that would look like and that it's not like that everything and can kind i also of, just say she doesn't get to have her dreams when she did nothing to prepare for those dreams that's a hard thing to say out loud because I'm sure she's a wonderful person, an amazing mother, but she's sitting here with a mortgage, no retirement, and hoping to live off of Social Security. Mm-hmm. And so we have to also yeah. face reality. As John Deloney would say, one of his daily decisions we have to make is choose reality. And the reality is she can't afford the life that she wants. And, and you, you guys, guys are going to prop it up while setting back your own financial futures which is only going to build resentment and only takes one of these Jenga blocks to fall, one of the siblings to go, this sucks, I'm out, mm-hmm. to where everyone hates each other. Yeah. I think here, I, I liked George, I liked George's idea of possibly her living with you guys for a while. Here's what I'm thinking, and you can poke holes in this. If you sell this house um, and you, you get 150 out of it, I'm get, now when I asked you what would it bring, I wanted to know like what would you profit from it, not what, so 150 is what you would profit from it. If I were you guys, I'd set that money aside and let it grow for her. And if you guys can work out a situation where it's like mom is living with sibling one for a while and then she's living with sibling two and maybe over time you guys are able to figure out a situation where she gets a little apartment because she can draw some money off of her nest egg and then she's got the 2800 coming in and then she's kind of sustainable on her own. But I would rather you guys work out a situation on the front end that doesn't involve you guys each ponying up a bunch of cash, you know, and this long term thing of we're paying her rent or we're paying her mortgage. I just think that that's going to drain all of you. Yeah, yeah, that 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 sounds good. I mean, there will definitely we will still have to contribute to her because, again, with that income that she'll have, she won't be able to rent. But like on her own um but yeah that's definitely i would also uh, do some homework and see what all of the options are i know white plains is expensive Mm -hmm. but i would be shocked if there wasn't a one bedroom for two thousand dollars twenty three hundred dollars and maybe you chip in to help cover some of her groceries Mm -hmm. but we don't know how long we're gonna have to prop her lifestyle up for i know that's right or yeah. maybe, you know, maybe there's maybe there's a friend or a, somebody else where she can get a roommate situation and they have a Golden Girls deal going on and they're just, hey. you know, they find a way, you know, they've got a companion, they're having fun and they're living in their apartment life together. Mm. Either way, the vision that they had for their mom is going to have to change. And that's tough. I hate to have to tell them that. But yeah, option A and B aren't great. Let's look at C, D, E, F, and then make a decision as mm-hmm. a family. And I bet the further out they go, there's going to be something cheaper. They've just got to look for it. This is The Ramsey Show. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey trusted agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey trusted agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. RamseySolutions.com slash agent. Thank you for listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm Jade Warshaw, joined by George Camel, fellow Ramsey personality, 
And uh, if you're a new listener to our show, number one, thank you for being here. We're excited that you're here. Um, And number two, you might hear us talk about things that you're not quite sure about. We talk about a series of baby steps. We talk about something called FPU, Financial Peace University. You might hear us mention the word every dollar and you're like, what the heck is that? A budgeting app. And you want to know more information. Well, we've got just the thing for you. We want you to head over to RamseySolutions.com and we want you to click on the get started button. That's going to help you find your best next step here with Ramsey. It's going to help you get plugged in to what's going to be the next step for you. And that's what we want you to do. So RamseySolutions.com and click the get started button. Today's question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Neighborly has top quality providers like Precision Door Service, Junk King, and more to help you take care of projects before the weather gets too cold. So find the local help you need by downloading the Neighborly app today. Today's question comes from Nick in Georgia. My wife and I bought a car new last year for 34 grand. Since having a new baby and her becoming a stay-at-home mom, we were thinking of selling that car for what we owe on it, $27,000, and purchasing a used car with sixty or 70,000 miles for around 12000 The other plan is to attack the debt with intensity and pay it off in six to eight months. I'm just thinking it sounds better to save the 15000 in cash. This is our only debt besides our mortgage, and I wanted to get your thoughts on trading the newer car with the warranty, the Kia, for a Nissan Versa or other small car. Monthly payment is six fifty before extra payments, and we make roughly one hundred forty thousand dollars a year with a bonus. Hmm. Ah, ha ha! Love questions like these, George. Fun times. Yeah, it feels like one of these like riddles you had in in school back in the day. Like <laughs> Stacy has, has four three, apples. Yes. <laughs> oh man, Nick. Okay. Um, if I'm in your shoes, I make one hundred forty k. I've got twenty seven thousand to pay off. This car is not too much for your world. Sometimes we go, hey dude, sell the car. You make fifty grand, and this car is thirty four grand. Yeah. So we're not going to yell at you for the uh, the car's value. I'll get you for taking out a loan in the first place. But yeah. making one hundred forty k, you can pay it off in six months. I'd probably go that route uh, versus trying to do the hoopla of I'm going to sell this. You have zero dollars, so you still need yeah. the twelve k to get the other car. So that's the that's the scenario here. Yeah. Normally, I'd, I'm in favor of downgrading in car, but it's not a necessary piece of the equation. I'm with you on that. I, what's but really getting me a month is hurts yes. my heart. It hurts my heart. Oh, that car needs to make like a tree and leave. It's really expensive. Six hundred fifty dollars a month hurts my heart. I don't know how much money they have in the bank. If they had the money in the bank right now to be done with the debt and get that car, you want to know what? Consider it. There's part of me that thinks that they might have some money in the bank. Because with all the details, sometimes we get questions of the day. There's like no details. And I'm like, what is wrong? This guy has every detail. So he sounds like a planner and mm-hmm. like a little bit nerdy, like maybe a spend, like a yeah. knows where every dollar goes. So if they have some money sitting aside. Well, people making 140K generally have a little bit of money sitting aside. Now, some are living paycheck to paycheck, but a lot of times they're just mm-hmm. doing 14 things at once. Yeah. So... I'm guessing I'm guessing they could pay this thing off even faster. And so I like the, hey, if we could pay this off, pay this off in four months instead yeah. of six or eight, let's do it. Let's go hard at this thing. Uh, then I'm okay with you keeping it. But there's no hard line I'm going to draw here and go, you got to sell it. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, smaller car, new baby. I yeah. don't know. I feel like you're just going to then turn around and go, well, the car wasn't big enough. No, they can have this paid off in a year. So it's, yeah. No biggie there. I like it. Good advice, George. Uh, what do you say we pick up Sal's call in Sioux Falls, down. South Dakota? What's going on, Sal? 
Hey guys, how are you? Doing good. How are you? Oh, I'm a little nervous, but here we go. <laughs> you got this. Uh, you can so, do it. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, so I read the Total Money Makeover, and I got very impulsive, and I basically empty our savings to wipe out uh, our cars, uh, my student loans, and uh, a huge chunk to the mortgage. Okay. Uh, How much money was that? Oh, man, it was like over 40K. Over 40K? Yeah, the problem is I did all this without telling my wife. Oh. Foul. And I really hurt. Yeah, I really hurt her feelings. So you told her now. uh, What was her reaction to this? Obviously, she's hurt, but. She she just said she would have loved to uh, be part of. The plan and, and all this, uh, like, I'm usually in charge. She's a stay-at-home mom, and uh, I'm, I'm in charge of the finances. And, uh, mm, run that but back. I, I wait, 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 I wait, 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 wait. Let's hold up. Go ahead. Um, I think there's where the problem lies. There's this idea in your house that you're in charge of the finances, and I think that's the mindset that led you to think, I read the Total Money Makeover. I got a great idea. I'm going to go into our savings and I'm going to pay the bills. And that's what's gotten you here. And I think that starting instantly right now, you're doing a vocab rehab. And from now on, the both of you are managing the money. It's our responsibility to manage our money. Can we agree on that? Yes. And uh, so that was my question. How do I introduce her to you guys in a very love? loving and patient and kindly way um, without coming off as a control freak. Like I've realized there's a lot of conviction in me. Now I, I've been showing her like more like statements and numbers and where our investments are for through my employers, like my 401k and everything. Good. Uh-huh. And I realized that she was not even aware of that. And he broke me. Like it's like, no, we're, mm. we're a team. Like it, there's no, it's not my money. It's our money. It's our resources. We take trips together. We we invest together. We grow together. Like we're a family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, do you think that uh, she wants to? Like, has has anything happened that you feel like there's resistance? Like she doesn't want to be involved, or she doesn't want to know, or do you think it's just been her her being in the role she she thinks she's supposed to be in, and you being in the role you think you're supposed to be in? I, I think it's on me. I think it's my my lack of uh, leadership, like showing her things and, and like, we don't do a budget. I mean, we spend less than what I bring home and I can mm-hmm. see that because our savings were growing every month. But I, I feel like it's on me and not really um, fully knowing how to include her Yeah. on, on the budget or I mean, we're not really doing a budget, but I, I, I want to start doing that. Well, I'd love Uh, to, if you think that you can get her to watch it with you, I'd love for us to give you Financial Peace University and you guys watch it together. I'd love for you to find an in-person class near you and for both of you guys to go to this class together and make it a date night. Like this is what you go and do. You're participating together. You talk about it afterwards um, and have every dollar part of that. So the way our resources are set up, they're set up for you to 
work together. Every dollar is an app that you download on both of your phones. You both can look at it. Financial peace, it is very, uh, of course you can do it if you're single, but it. I feel like there's, it's great for couples. Like it's got oh, that yeah. special piece to it. So if we give that to you, Sal, will you, will you do it together? Oh, absolutely. All um, right. Absolutely. Okay. So you seem very genuine, Sal. And yes. there's genuine remorse here. And I think that is going to go the furthest with her of saying, hey, listen, I screwed up. I haven't been doing a good job leading uh, this house, being a good husband. And I want to get us on the same page. And I want to let you know that your vote counts just as much as mine. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm no longer just going to run this ship on my own and then just let you know what I did yeah. in hindsight. Because the heart behind it, of he went and paid off I debt. Know, like I it's know. It's such a great thing I the wrong way. Yeah, I literally don't think it was intentionally to be malice. Like I think people enter into relationships with like gender role ideas and a lot of guys think, hey, it's my job. Or in some families, it's the woman who pays the bills. And it's like, this is you and this is me and this is just the way it's always been. But that changes today. Vocab rehab, guys. Love it. This is we. This has been a theme today, George. 100%. <laughs> Sal, hang on the line. We're going to gift you one year of Financial Peace University as well as one year of Every Dollar Premium. Let her have a say in the budget. Let her share her thoughts on how you're going to move forward, and that will get you guys dreaming together and get this marriage back on the right foot. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, if you want to make real progress with your money and get that extra push to keep going, then you need to be at our brand new event, the Total Money Makeover Weekend. On May 10th and 11th, join me, the rest of the personalities, and a community of people like you at Ramsey Headquarters for new talks, new focus, and new motivation to stay gazelle intense on your money goals. Early bird tickets start at just $99, so don't wait. Get yours at RamseySolutions.com slash weekend. Thank you for listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm your host, Jade Warshaw. Next to me is George Camel, host of the YouTube show, George Camel. <laughs> the George Camel easy. Show. With a K. Don't wear it out. That's right. And don't get confused about it. Um, we're taking your calls all afternoon about your life and your money. So give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. And we would love to chop it up with you. And that's what we're going to do with Christian, who's in Chicago, Illinois. What's going on, Christian? Nothing much. How are you guys? Doing great. Wonderful. Um, so here is the scenario. We had our home up on the market uh, since for about three to four months. Um, it was under contract. We were a week. Uh, we were the week of to close, and then the buyer's lender did not approve their loan, so Ooh. they weren't able to uh, buy the house. So we put it back on the market. Again, we went under contract, and then the buyer backed out. So we were supposed to close on our third contract yesterday. Now the buyer is short $8,000, and we don't know what to do at this point. Um, Don't know if to keep waiting. uh, Is there anything that we can negotiate? Um, It's it's a roller coaster. We're really just trying to move forward uh, with our lives. Not sure. Well, first of all, we're going to give you advice as entertainment because this is the job of, you know, the real estate agent, the closing attorney, the lender, but we can give you our take if that helps. Sure. Uh, So they're eight grand short. What has the communication been? Because the the lender 
and the closing office, they should be looking at their finances yeah. at the very last minute going, hey, we still good? We still good? Yeah. We still good? There hasn't been any financial changes. So they had this money at one point, right? Ask that question one more time. Did they have the eight grand at one point, or did they never have it, and they just got pre-approved? Well, well, that's yes, but they apparently the buyer gave uh, gave a bank statement that was from August, and they went forward with it. And in a matter of three months, the buyer who has a joint account with their mother, quoted my attorney, um, whose mom spent eight thousand. I don't know. It's it's (laughs) probably personal, but it definitely did affect. Uh, everyone in the in the pipeline so well man if if they got to pay to play and if they can't this deal's over and you're gonna have to try for the fourth time which sucks yeah what has the communication been about when and if they're going to close this deal and have the eight grand well it sounded pretty consistent it sounded pretty diligent um uh i would need in writing that on this date we will close and you will have the money that's what we have yeah. on file. Everything is ready to go. Tomorrow we're closing, and yesterday came. Um, I got a phone call five five o'clock that uh, we're gonna have to reconvene because uh, I, it really sounds fishy to me. Because I, apparently there was a wire transfer coming in from Mexico. Oh yikes! Cover the cost, Christian. I don't like I any of this. I mean, you're doing this all by the book, right? You're working with closing attorneys and lenders and real exactly. estate agents. Yeah. Yes. This isn't with, some like backwoods with, deal. No, this is a uh, Dave Ramsey realtor that, that we found um, a previous attorney that I used to buy the house. Okay. Um, I just wanted to make sure this wasn't some weird situation where you're kind of working around some of that. Christian, what's, it, what's your timeline? I mean, do you have a contingent offer out on another house or do you have some time well, to, you know, what's your rush or do you have a rush? Well, at this point, it's, it's getting to a point where... This is going to be like the fourth, fifth time doing it. It's getting, I don't know. It, it's its tough. It's tough to, to say because. But where are you, know, you guys going to go? Let's say you close three weeks from now. Where do you guys go? Well, right now uh, we are we are staying with uh, our, my in-law, my mother-in-law, um, until this all clears out. We don't want to sign a lease until this is, you know, finalized. Um because we want to restart. We're, 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 um, I've been listening to Dave Ramsey, and um, I felt like this was the right decision to make. And this is, you know, trying to restart, save up a bunch of cash, and, and get a mortgage that we can, you know, afford. Sure. So the, the, that, the timeline is based off of that. But on the flip side, we did just find out uh, that we have baby number two on the way. Wow, so, congrats. So the timeline, the timeline is within that. Uh, uh, co- uh, context, you know, getting getting an apartment before the baby comes, and mm-hmm. uh, don't know if I'm going to have to put the house on the market again because, you know, logically speaking, it would probably be better to keep it at that point. But well, again, here's the thing. I mean, th- this deal is not going to happen. It can't hurt you to put the house on the market and keep it out there. Um, obviously, we're going into winter time, and my guess is in Chicago, things slow down quite a bit in the winter. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would keep working with that real estate agent. Here's the thing, and you can correct me here. Uh, when Sam and I were selling our house, something that was frustrating to me is sometimes the realtor would act like there was a solid offer. And then I'm like, Sam and I are like, yes, we've got this offer. And then the next day it's like, oh, well, they pulled it back. 
And it's like, how solid was it to begin with? You yeah. know what I mean? So you might also yeah. be dealing with that idea because the realtors, they want to sound like they're doing the best job for you. And I've got four offers and da, 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 da. And then at the end of the day, they pull out and you're like, wait, how, how far along really was it? Or were you just trying to make it right. sound like you sold our house super fast kind of thing? So just, what, you know. I'm curious what the uh, real estate attorney said. Have they talked through the options? Like, hey, we can postpone the closing. We could work out a partial payment plan. They pay some of it now and some of it after the fact. We close the deal. What are the options that have been laid out? Um, that's a good question. He did. Uh, I spoke to them. Uh, I spoke to the attorney within the past couple hours, and he said that um, the first option uh, we wait until she scraps it up. Yeah, uh, he's hoping. He, he's just telling me a lot of things that he hopes. You know, he hopes this, hopes that, which isn't you know isn't convincing enough for me really. Um, um, and the second option was to I forgot what the second option was to be completely honest. But it, it, there wasn't a lot. There I mean, has anyone just suggested to push the closing date by, you know, two weeks or four weeks until yeah. this person can get I, what do whatever they're going to do to get the money? Thank you. That was actually the second option to, to push it back uh, two to three weeks. That, yeah. I'm, I'm good waiting two to three yeah, weeks before putting it back on the market in case the deal does go through and you can be done with this. Because I know you're just exhausted at this point. I bet. I would be too. Beyond that, I'd have yeah. it in writing. Hey, three weeks from now, if they don't have it, we're moving on. Uh-huh. We're not because it's going to, they're going to keep kicking the can down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, we need another week. We, we need do, another week. What do we do with uh, with our mortgage then? If you, if the deal falls through and you still have the mortgage? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, are you still going to list it again if, at that point? Or are you going to keep the house and just live in it for a while? Um, we'll see, I guess. I guess we'll see because right now there's a payoff request. So I, I, I don't intend to, you know, pay the mortgage until the, the deal closes. Um, Do you have the money to call- pay it off now or no? No. This is contingent on the home sale. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the request doesn't mean much until you actually pay it off. So mm-hmm. right. you're all right. good there. I mean, as long as you're making the payments, you got to keep making that mortgage payment until you figure out what's next. Yeah. And that's all you can all right. do. I mean, you're either going to decide to put it back on the market again if this thing doesn't come through in three weeks or four weeks or whatever you decide is the next close date. Or, you, you know, you might decide, hey, winter, it's not going to be good. We're going to wait till spring to relist it again. You know, how, what percentage of your take home pay is this mortgage right now? Are you guys drowning? Um, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know how to do the math on that. With the, uh, it's one. I have one hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollars left on the loan. Um, I'm bringing home about thirty-eight hundred a month. What's the actual mortgage payment? Yeah. Oh, the actual mortgage payment is one thousand two hundred. Okay. Yeah. So it's not crushing you. So if this doesn't work out, if this doesn't work out, you know, in the next four weeks, you know, I would just really consult with the realtor and say, what do you think is best? We've been down this road for, you know, for the last four or five years. The realtor wants to close the deal. They want that commission, but. I know that's right. I'm going, let's get this in writing with the attorney and say, Mm -hmm. they got three weeks. If it's not in three weeks, they lose their earnest money, their Mm -hmm. deposit, and we move on with our life. Yeah. But are you going back on the market after that or are you holding out till spring? I'm probably holding out because I think they need a breath of air right now. I think so too. They're exhausted. Ooh. Tough stuff. Tough stuff. This is The Ramsey Show. You're listening to The Ramsey Show, our scripture and quote of the day. Set your minds on things above, not 
on earthly things. That's Colossians 3, 2. Then Frank Zappa says, a mind is like a parachute. It doesn't work if it's not open. Ooh. Ooh, mic drop. I like that. Okay. Ugh, I'm Jade Warshaw. This is George Camel. We're taking your calls. We got a little bit of time left today, so try to get your call in on those phone lines. It's 888-825-5225. And we take your calls live and in person if anybody was wondering about that. Uh, let's go to Chicago. We've got Brile on the line. What's going on, Brile? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm in a situation where um, I want to move out of my mom's house. I want to get an apartment or a house. My mom's very adamant about me, you know, um, not renting an apartment that's on the first floor. And she says that it would be better for me to just stay in the house and save money for a down payment. And, um, and from my point of view, I, I want to move out as soon as I can. And um, I'm taking care of my financials so that I can prepare for that. Uh-huh. And I was just wondering what your opinion of that is. How old are you? 28. Boy, it's time to get out. <laughs> <laughs> have you been working? Did you go to college? Have you been working? What have you been doing? Yeah, um, I've been working at the uh, company I'm at right now for, uh, it's going to be two years on November 1st. Okay. And what was the reason you were staying home in the first place? You know, after you got the job, you had a big boy salary. Was it, hey, I'm trying to pay off debt or, hey, rent's expensive? Right. Um, my my mom's a single mother. It's just me and her here and the rest of the family's back home and so I've kind of been hesitant to leave uh, her. Mm-hmm. See, I'm um, wondering if there's a relational piece of this where she just doesn't want her son to leave because she's ding. like she likes having you around, ding, which ding. is a very yeah, sweet she's thought. also trying to look out for me uh, financially too, which I'm trying to solve as well. What do you mean financially? Um, I've got a couple of debts that I'm trying to pay off. Um, so How I much? Take home, I take home monthly about $4,100. Uh-huh. Um, I had a credit card balance of six thousand, and it's down to three hundred seventy-five dollars now. Okay, awesome. so that's um, gone like in the next a, few weeks. Right? Yeah. What else? I have a motorcycle loan that's got ten thousand one hundred dollars, and I'm planning on selling that and just getting rid of it and staying off of it. Or it, will you earn a profit when you sell it, or will you be upside down, or will it just be even? Uh, probably five to a thousand dollars profit. Okay. Um, I have a car that we're debating right now is whether or not for me to keep it or not. It, I bought it brand new when I first got my job. Um, it was the loan amount was originally thirty six thousand, and it's now down to twenty twenty three twenty three thousand three hundred. What's it worth? Um, Kelly Blue Book trade in uh, the, the dealership was offering me twenty four. Um, I've been listing it for anywhere between twenty eight to thirty thousand. Okay. What else? Um, I have a student loan that's 11000 Okay. So let's assume the credit card's gone this month, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, you said you're going to sell the motorcycle and probably bring anywhere between $1,000 to $5,000. If you did that, whatever profit that turned would go onto your student loan. And then we've got to decide what's going to happen with this car. Are you looking to quickly pay it off or are you looking to sell it and downsize to something in cash? Um, I was just going to sell it and I have a car available for me right now. It's a Toyota that's got 130,000 miles that I used to drive that my mother now drives and she also has the opportunity to go back to her older car that she used to drive. Mm -hmm. So she's got two cars? 
my yeah my my mom helped me buy my first car the toyota Okay. And and when Dude, I I'm doing job, all of this because yeah. I'm on cars. paper. You're almost debt free if you do all of this. Yeah. You pay off the card. We're gonna sell the motorcycle. Come out of that with five hundred to a thousand bucks. Sell the car for thirty. You owe twenty three. You're gonna make six or seven there. So you have seven mm-hmm. plus the thousand from the motorcycle. Now we got eight to throw at eleven thousand of student loans, mm-hmm. and you're debt free in the next two months. Yeah. And then you that. can actually move out. So, what is your opinion about um, getting an apartment or staying at home and saving for a down payment? I would get the apartment. Get the apartment, dude. You've already stunted your growth long enough. Mm-hmm. Even if you have to get some roommates. And it's a great way to start out, like this idea of living by yourself, right? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. let's let's dip our toe into the water before yeah. we just d- dive off the high dive, what's, right? What's her deal with the first floor apartment? Cockroaches. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with it. My mother has a problem with it as far as safety and you know oh if it's you're in the first floor the, the robber is going to go in the first okay floor, and no, that's going to i don't floor. buy any of this wait there's there's some <laughs> arguments to this you do have to are you think in like about a super dangerous in. part no i'm in a good neighborhood and it, the, the apartment that i'm looking at is literally a two-minute walk from her house so it's a safe neighborhood the only other reason i wouldn't live on the first floor is that's where the bugs come in is that are you are you that person second floor is the best floor you don't want it if you go too high up no one's going to help you move getting your couch up there's going to be a pain in the butt thank you will rudder will rudder in the booth knows what i'm talking about but if you go on the first floor if there's any pest issues on that property they're going right under the door into your apartment i think we're done letting mommy make the decisions for us that's the heart of all of this yeah that's right that's right And so i just think we got to go mom i appreciate everything you've done for me you've been amazing i got to step out on my own I've been making bad decisions while living at home, taking on all kinds of debt. Mm-hmm. I think using my own money, my own income, not having this safety net, this hammock yeah. I've been laying in is going to cause me to make better financial decisions. And therefore, I will come visit you on the weekends. We'll have family dinner. Love you. So let's... Sayonara. Let's let's talk on both sides of this for the coin uh, for a second, George. So I've been reading and there's a lot of arguments out there why... You know, if you're coming out of college or you're, you know, in your tw- early 20s, it could be beneficial for you to live at home for a couple of years while you're getting your financial footing or whatnot. This is this is what some of the articles are saying. But there's part of you is like, yeah, you could do that if you have a great relationship with your family. Like I know a couple of people who can actually live at home with their parents and no one blows up. I couldn't do it, but hey. And there's like, yeah, you know, if you have that type of relationship for a year or so, that could work. But then there's part of it, I'm looking at my guy's numbers here, and there's part of it that's like, I live at home. I don't have any expenses. I can buy motorcycles and cars. Exactly. And dilly-dally with my student loans. This like, idea that I'll save up a down payment, I'm like, or just get comfortable and eating mom's pay off spaghetti. that slowly. There we go. Is that yeah. an M&M reference? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Knowing you, I just thought it was. Yeah. So. You know, but there Ugh. there is part of that where it's comfort can really hold you back. 100%. From doing what you know that you need to do. And I'm not is, dogging on Brile. I'm having no, a little no, no. bit of fun. But I truly think that when you step out on your own with your own income, your own bills, and your parents, they did a great job raising you. Yes. But you're an adult now. We have to have our own life, make yes. our own decisions. And it's great to ask mom for advice when we need it. Yeah. But to have her dictate, hey, here's what you're going to do next. At 28, I'm out on that. Yeah, it's not good. And yeah. Even if you get a second floor apartment, which is, I just have never heard this. <laughs> second I'm 34 years floor. old. I've never heard that you should not get a first floor apartment. I want anybody watching this on YouTube to put in the comments, 
if it matters what floor you're on and put it the matters reason because why. of your neighbors like you know people stomping above you i'm like what's going on up there that's true but when yeah you got to think about these things you don't want a bunch of people above you yeah but the idea that robberies don't happen on second floor apartments i call bs on that too yeah that's true and it sounds like they live in a, a safe neighborhood but the point here is there can be some benefit if you have just i think my rule of thumb is like a year when you graduate college you have a year to go home have an exit with, strategy and then you got to have an, ex, an yeah. exit and if strategy. life happens you have some extenuating life life circumstances yeah, it's different. okay to have that safety net hey i got to be home for six months or a year get my life back together but yeah. this is a different situation i moved out when i was 20 and moved across the country and i love my parents and, and that I, was it. and i visit home but i just had to i i it felt good i felt like it propelled me into adulthood in yeah. a different way than if I had lived at home until I was, you know, 28 or 30. Yeah, I moved out and I lived, I moved into an apartment that some girls I went to school with and there was no room. I just slept on the couch and I lived there. And you survived. <laughs> I survived. Was it a first floor? It, um, No, I don't think it was first floor. Oh. I don't really remember. And it wasn't, Must be nice. I was sleeping on a couch. You know, I think I was paying like a couple of hundred dollars and then I got married and Sam and I moved in together. So. It worked out. It worked out. Hey. That's what we're here for. That is what we're here for. This has been The Ramsey Show. Thanks for hanging out with us. That does it for this hour. When it comes to your life and your money, you can tell me that you won't do it, but don't tell me that you can't. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, George Camel here. If you love the show and you want a deeper dive on your money journey, we've got a weekly newsletter that gives you helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.